Warning. The following podcast contents material that could be deemed offensive. You'll hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Well, maybe he just has manners. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? All right, hanging with D's episode number 10. Can't believe we made it this far. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Dees, and we are joined once again by Dylan. Hi, everybody. And the reason we're joined by Dylan is because it's really, really hard to get Hunter's ass out here. Um, so, man, a lot has, uh, has happened. A lot of news has popped off since we last came to you, which was what, a week ago, I believe. Sounds about right. Um. So yeah, we got a lot of stuff to cover. In fact, we might uh, go ahead and do a little double duty today. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and start it off. Uh, I talked about it. I, I actually, I don't know if you listened, but I I did. I yeah. added a little extra. Um, when last we left you, we were discussing the uh, top 100 of the NFL. And sure as shit, as convinced as both of us were that it wasn't going to happen, it happened. And that is Lamar Jackson was named the top player in the NFL. To be fair, I did warn you that that was a possibility, if you remember. Yeah, but in my mind, it just it wasn't. I don't get it. I don't see. And and here's this: the the players are the ones who vote for this, and they do it at the end of the season. They vote. I don't know how. I think it's like around the Pro Bowl time, something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and and I'd really, I wish I knew of a way to talk to a player and find out exactly how they do this voting. Like, does each team list a top 10 or what? But Uh, McAfee talked about it on his show when he did it, and this was years ago, so it may have changed. But he did it at the Pro Bowl, and they gave him a list, write down your top 10 NFL players. Do you know who we put as number one? Adam Vinatieri. Oh, wow. Because he only missed one field goal all year, and his theory was, well, if you step on, if every time you step on the field your team scores, that makes me think that you're the best player in the league. I'm like, no, he's a kicker still. I mean, yeah, and I, I, one of the best kickers ever, but come yeah, on. Yeah, I love McAfee, but yeah, that's, that's pretty ridiculous too. Almost as ridiculous as them saying that Lamar Jackson is a better football player than Russell Wilson and uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's just... I, I can't even fathom what, you know. If your argument against Mahomes is that, okay, well, he did miss, what was it? Was it four? It wasn't four games. Was I, it? Yeah, I don't. I think it was maybe three. Okay. I, I, I want to say two in a bye week is how that worked out, okay. but I, I'm not yeah, 100%. That's... I know that he came back from a dislocated knee um, a lot sooner than you should, and he still led his team to a, a Super Bowl win. Um, uh, I mean, look, I, I don't have a problem with Lamar Jackson being in the top 10. 
He is a phenomenal athlete. He did great things. But you, in no world, like I said last week, will you convince me that he is a better quarterback than Russ Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and several other quarterbacks I'd put above him in the terms of quarterback. But if you're just saying player with all the other things that he brings to the field, okay, I'll give you top 10. But it's just, yeah, I, I don't see it. And I, I can't wait till the day that I can come on here and just pound the drum that <laughs> right i was right and you were wrong right. my, my yeah. cartman impression because i i just think that there's going to be a, a a fall from grace there whether it comes via injury or just the fact that teams figure out that he can't read a defense you know i i think it's going to happen but we'll see i just like i said i was absolutely beside myself as i was watching that uh wednesday night and i knew that before i actually published the show i i had to get on and I, I probably should have just recorded the rant then because there was, it was fresh. Yeah. I was yeah. going to even edit in like just a 30 second tirade of just like bleeps and be, you know, yeah. the whole thing. Cause that's basically how I felt when I saw that, especially when Mahomes was number four. Yeah. That I, that I couldn't believe. I mean, look, Russell Wilson, he's a great quarterback, but I don't, there's no way. I mean, you can kind of argue that, but no, I just, I don't get it. I don't see it. Just don't. So, and while I'm on that subject, um, just wanted to, again, I know we talked about it before, but um, I don't know if you got a chance. Did you watch the last episode of the Golik and Wingo show? I did not, know. I, I did on Friday, and, and it was, it almost got me misty. I saw a little bit of that because, clip. Yeah. Um, there at the end, he brought his family in, and, and Mike Jr., you know, talked about how we're lucky because you get to still be our dad and it just got you right there, you know? Yeah. And, but uh, yeah, it was the end of an era. Um, like he's going to still be on ESPN, but it's still 22 years. He was a part of ESPN morning radio. Um, most of that was with Mike and Mike. And then the last, what year and a half, two years or whatever, they've done Golik and Wingo. But uh, the, I, the new show hasn't started yet right now. I think they got Jason Fitz, Fitzsimmons, whatever the hell his name was. Fitz, I think is his name. I don't name. even know who that is. He's a guy, he's a younger guy that's on there a lot when one of the other guys is out. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so, and it's not even a TV show. They literally, if you turn it on TV, you just see the ESPN logo, and it's it's basically them doing a radio show until I think it's two weeks from now or whatever that the, the new show with Keyshawn Johnson and uh, – Jay Williams and whatever that guy's name is, who I can't pronounce. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty emotional moment watching all that go down there with Golik and Wingo. So anyway, yeah, Lamar Jackson's number one. I disagree strongly, very, very, very strongly, but is what it is. Uh, so while we're on the NFL, um, we'll go ahead and talk a little more. Um, we've had. Uh, some more opt outs, some, some big names. There's been some controversy with the whole, uh, opt out deadline, which originally they were saying that the opt out deadline was going to be seven days after they signed the amendment or the, uh, you know, the added portion to the CBA that basically just pertained to COVID COVID testing and whatnot. And then, the uh, the league come out and said that they wanted to push that deadline up until Wednesday, which that is today that we're recording. You might hear this on Thursday, but um, and then I didn't hear anything else about it. Um, I may have just missed it. 
Uh, so if you know, please drop me a comment and correct me. And I'm sure as soon as I publish this, it'll come out just like seems like every other time that we right. talk about something the next day, the, the news comes out. Um, but anyway, I don't think that the deadline is today. Um, but we do have uh, some more names and some of them, I mean, not superstar names, but we do have some more like uh, Albert Wilson, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Um, he is joining Alan Hearns. Uh, so that's now two of their receivers that are out. Um, two, I can't be happy about that. <laughs> right. Uh, Travis Benjamin from the 49ers opted out. Uh, Marcus Gilbert, former Steeler, who's offensive tackle for the Cardinals. Um, of course, I've already mentioned Alan Hearns. Uh, we had, let's see, in bigger names, uh, Geronimo Allison, uh, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, is taking the year off. Another New England player, actually two other New England players. We had a tight end who, um, I mean, I don't think he was going to be. I'd never heard of him. He was going to be on the roster, but it's not like he was going to blow it up or anything. Um, C.J. Mosley, uh, that's that's one of the biggest names that I think of all of them that have come out. Yeah, uh, starting middle linebacker for the Jets, um, who he played for Baltimore for several years. Um, so, yeah, now the Jets are without what? Jamal Adams. And yeah, and so now, yeah, I was just going to say they're without – Basically, they're two top studs. Adams being shipped to uh, Seattle. I I wonder if the C.J. Mosley thing. I, I'm sh- obviously COVID's part of it because hey, you want your full check. But I wonder if part of it's just like you know what, let me rest my body for a year and maybe next year Adam Gase won't be the head coach. Uh, that could very well be too. Yeah. I mean, especially a guy like him who's made enough money that sitting out this year, you know, it's not going to break him or anything. So I could see that. Like, look, we're going to suck. Right. So let me just go ahead and and rest up. And, Especially if he has similar opinions that Jamal Adams did. Right. Yeah. I mean, he about could, gays. And I'm sure there might be more than one case like that on this list of players. It's just like, why bother? We're not going to be a very good football team. So why risk my health? So, um, Marquise Lee, uh, wide receiver, also for the Patriots. So that brings their total now, I think, to eight. I don't know what the hell's going on in New England, but the Belichick shenanigans, you think? Well, and tanking for Lawrence. There, yeah, there has been even some whispers about how they think that they might be tanking. But why sign Cam though? That's what I don't get. Yeah. Like you know, it, it's of course it's a one year deal, but I don't know. I, I maybe they didn't like what they saw the little bit they've had the chance to look at him. I it I could know. very well be that this could be uh, another power play between Belichick and Kraft. Who knows? It maybe we're just blowing smoke out of our ass, but it just seems kind of awkward that eight players, including, you know, what three starters now. I mean, I don't know if Marquise Lee's a starter, but he's a guy that's going to see the field a lot, especially in that offense. Probably. I'd probably say he's going to be a starter. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm an Edelman probably. Hard to say what the hell's going on there. But it's the Patriots specifically, so right. that's always going to... I take anything that they do with a grain of salt and and basically think that there is some kind of ulterior motive there. It's a conspiracy, goddammit. Right. Like Bill Belichick is like the evil mastermind of all these conspiracies and scandals and all this other stuff. Plus, I just fucking hate the Patriots. So, But yeah, that's that's what we've got so far with the opt-outs. Um, I, 
I think we're about done. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, I saw Von Miller talked about how he strongly considered opting out. Um, so who knows? I, I think a lot of it's going to come with this deadline, too, whenever they decide that is. Yeah. And I saw a rumor yesterday, which, again, rumor. Sometimes those are true. Sometimes wildly inaccurate. But the rumor is that several big names around the league are going to opt out, which I mean, it wouldn't be too surprising. I mean, depends on the player's circumstances. Like, do they have a young kid? Do they have older parents that have issues? I mean, it could be something as simple as I'm fine. My family's fine, except for my wife. She's like diabetic or something or has asthma real bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I just, I, I don't know what at this point, if that's the case, what are you waiting on? Like why, what, what's with the suspense? Just we're, we're into training camp now. The, uh, the first round of heavy testing is pretty much over yeah. and they're doing mostly strength and conditioning type, type stuff, but there is some, some team, uh, workout things like, you know, we, Ben Roethlisberger had his first big throwing session, um, and that was a big story on ESPN. He finally talked about the injury, which we'll uh, we'll probably get into that in I, our Steelers show. But I just had a thought, though. Like, I'm surprised James Conner isn't one of the people that opted out, considering he's a cancer survivor. You would think. Well, I mean, he's got a full bill of health. Yeah. I, in fact, I was just uh, this weekend with a friend of mine who spent the better part of the last couple of years battling leukemia, and. I even brought that very point up. Like, are you more concerned about it? And he's like, no, he goes, you know, pretty much I've been given a clean bill of health. Like COVID isn't going to reignite, you know, somebody who has defeated quote unquote. Well, no, I realize it's not going to like reawaken the cancer. I get that. But I thought that like, again, going back to wrestling, like Roman Reigns, he's a leukemia survivor. I knew that was the reason he hasn't been on TV in months is because of that. So I, I don't know. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, some players might feel players or other athletes, I guess should say might feel different about it than, than most. But I mean, this is a guy, like I said, I talked to him and his doctor was like, you're no more of a risk than anybody else. Okay. Now, if you were currently battling, well, cancer, sure. Or leukemia, yeah, yeah. Then, then yes, you definitely would want to do it there. But um, from all the information that I gathered, speaking from somebody with a, that has gone through it. He's basically been told that uh, there, there's no difference between okay. like him and I, as far as more at risk for, for COVID to be more deadly than to, to them than it is to us. Okay. So, so just a thought I had. Yeah. No, and I honestly, I thought of the same thing. That's why I asked him because I didn't know. Um, also on the COVID side, uh, Matt Stafford actually was put on the COVID exemption list or roster or whatever reserve. Yeah. Um, but it was it basically, it came back as a false positive. So he's been cleared, uh, Gardner Mishu, quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, famous for the porn stash and famous for turning out to not be as good as he looked for a few weeks. Um, he was on it and has since cleared it. So I don't know if he was one of those guys that had it, and was asymptomatic and maybe had it for longer than he knows about. Well, according to him, COVID took one look at him and ran the other way. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, 
we've seen him play now, so he can't really play the, the tough guy part because once teams, again, teams kind of figured him out, yeah. and he looked like a shitty quarterback with a porn stash. Yeah. I mean, it just uh, – is he tough? Yeah, and, and it was just funny the way that that story kind of developed where he was just, you know – this gunslinger that come out of the nowhere and was a superstar and yeah. all the, the networks and stuff were just tooting his horn. And then he started to kind of, well, he be, he was a meme for a while. Like well, yeah. The one I, with him and it was a picture of him and Peyton Manning before a game. It said, here's the greatest quarterback of all time meeting. Yeah. Peyton Manning. Peyton, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, it, are they even, I, I haven't, are, have they going into this year with, Plans of him being the starter? I don't know who else it would be. I mean... Well, they got rid of Foles, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's... All yeah, I mean, I don't think they really have anyone else, so... Which we will have... We're, we were talking about this earlier today. We're going to have a big uh, like NFL season preview episode, maybe even two parts, because um, we could probably get pretty long-winded. I think you'd kind of have to. Just yeah, maybe of... an AFC and an NFC show. Um I want to wait, though, until at least a week and a half, two weeks before the season, because by then everything will kind of take shape and we'll know, you know, for sure who's opted out, who's out. And if there's any big injuries that come up, because, you know, I don't want to get on here and declare a Super Bowl champion. And then a week before the season starts, might like three people blow a knee or whatever. Yeah. Uh, again, for these first few weeks with no contact at all, you're not going to see very many injuries. I mean, if you see injuries now, it's usually not a good thing. It, it, you blow an ACL and no contact, yeah, that's not good. When, once they start banging against each other, um, then we'll see You know who's who's going to make it, who's not. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get that prepared and ready, like I said, probably around the first week of September. Um, have it come out the week of opening day, something like that. I also want to do like a fantasy preview show, just to kind of our picks. Sure. If, if I'm not it, planning on playing. I'll yeah, if too. we have the league, you're playing because <laughs> you've been in the league forever. So just be prepared. I'm not replacing anybody this year. I can't opt out. No, there is Bullshit. no opt out clause Bullshit. in fantasy football. Period. Uh so um, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on with the NFL. Um, I know there's still some some players that are not happy with how they're handling things. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. even come out and said that he didn't think there should be a season. And then when they asked if he was going to opt out, he no, you know that he's going to play. Well, it, uh, yeah, you have the choice to not play. If you don't want a season, then don't play. Don't make a story just to make a story. Um, Antonio Brown. I don't think, I don't know. Did we cover? Oh, he was suspended. No, yeah. we did not. Yeah. So we covered his retirement. Yeah. He retired again. And I think it was, well, in fact, I know it was because he retired. And then a week later, the NFL comes out and, Honestly, well, they said that they were doing this investigation. I don't really think they did much of an investigation at all. I mean, I think they looked into it to some degree. But with everything else that's been going on, I think they just kind of brushed it under the rug until he... They, they do have bigger fish to fry, to be honest. Well, they, yeah. and they do. Um, 
but once all this other shit started coming out and then he's like to hell with it i'm retiring i think goodell was just like eight games well the next day he came out and said he wants the nfl to you know make a decision so that he can do something it's like What's it matter? You just retired yesterday. Right. Well, they did something. They're they're saying eight games, and I don't think there'll be any kind of appeal. But immediately after that, Antonio Brown says, I'm I'm happy to get on with the second part of my life and get on a team and play. Like, make up your bipolar mind, dude. Do you want to play or not? So now. That dude seriously needs help. Yeah. It's not over. It's, It's not over at all. I think that. Somebody will sign him, and right now there are, like, I know, again, Lamar Jackson was what brought it up, and then subsequently uh, Coach Harbaugh said that, you know, that they would look into it, which, God, please, no. <laughs> as much as I know that Antonio Brown is a nut job, I still don't want him going to Baltimore for obvious reasons. He could, however... Unless, yeah, unless he's going to go in there and just blow the whole thing up, which is very possible because, again, I strongly, strongly believe that Lamar Jackson can't read a defense, and Antonio Brown is the kind of player that is not going to be happy if the ball is not thrown his way at least eight to ten times a game. Yeah. You know, and his his co- – is it cousin or nephew? Cousin. Okay, he's there. Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Brown, which, look, you come out of college and you're calling yourself Hollywood Brown and you're related to somebody that has shown for the last 18 months that he's not what I would call stable. Yeah. Maybe you should just go by Marcus Brown. Yeah. You know, to drop the Hollywood for now because the Brown name is uh, one that's not really good right now in the NFL. So, and at Seattle, they still have been talking about it. Um, there was another team that I saw just a couple days ago that um, were Eagles. Oh, I saw really? a thing about the Eagles possibly signing Antonio Brown. And look, Seattle, Philly, fine. Get, take your crazy ass to the NFC. Because right. as much as, like I said, I think he's a nut bar, I, I still think that talent-wise he's one of the best receivers in the NFL when he's got his head on straight. And I don't want to face him twice a year. God, so. no. And Baltimore is actually a smart franchise, so they might try to get him help. You know, well, although I guess New England is, so eh. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, if you couldn't, of course, he he never really got a chance to keep it together in New England. Yeah, that is true. Uh, uh, because he went to New England, and then all these other allegations come up, and they were just like, well, "We don't even yeah. want this headache right now." Um, Oakland, I think he got there and just didn't like it, so he pissed and moaned and whined his way out, basically. And and we touched on players doing that, also. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, like I said, camp is uh in full swing now. They're starting to get into some football activities, uh, so we'll keep an eye on like the COVID testing and, you know, basically what it's going to going to boil down to is the teams are going to have to handle it whoever handles it the best is going to be in the best shape. And and we've already seen a little bit with the, with MLB, what can go right and what can go wrong. And as far as going wrong, the Marlins, you know, they had over 20 people test positive and they're starting to clear things up. 
they did get back to baseball yesterday um, with the Baltimore Orioles. They, it was funny because they, you know, they post transactions. Well, if you, you looked at transactions for, I think it would have been Tuesday afternoon. They showed their transactions. Maybe it was, maybe it was Monday afternoon, but I mean, it was like reading a, just a whole page on the newspaper of acquired this player, this player, this player and traded for and, Basically, what they did was they built a whole new half a roster and uh, so they could play their game yesterday. And they won. They beat the Orioles four to nothing. So what does that say about Baltimore that they can literally scrape these guys off the street and, and shut out That's the pretty, Baltimore Orioles? pretty embarrassing. It's kind of like the Redskins during the strike year beating the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. It was 50%. Yeah, because yeah, because the Cowboys actually had a lot of people that crossed the line, and the Redskins were a bunch of freaking nobodies and beat them. Yeah. So, uh, and then we also the the Cardinals had an outbreak that um, I think in total there was fifteen or sixteen. That tests, sounds about maybe, right. Yeah. Seven of which were players, so not as bad as the Marlins. Um, and and the word on the street is that they should be good enough to put together a team for Friday's series uh, that they start with the Cubs. And which brings me to my next point, as far as handling it well versus not well. And the Cubs are handling it very well, obviously with the best second best record in baseball, first best record in the national league sitting at nine and two. Yes, I am a Cubs fans. We talked about in the very first show. So I will obviously hit myself with a dose of reality. The bullpen is trash. Um, and they've really not played any good teams yet. The, the record of the teams that they have beat with this nine and two record is not very good. I do like what I see out of their offense. I like what I see about the starting pitching bullpen. Not so much. Um, especially the closer Kimbrell is, uh, they paid all that money for him and, yeah, he almost blew another save last night. So I don't know what the hell David Ross is going to do about the closer situation, especially in this season. I mean, we're we are eleven games in, so we're literally one sixth through the season that they're going to have. You don't have a whole lot of time to make things happen, but at the same time, these teams that are starting off slow don't have any time to come back. Right. So. Uh, sitting at nine and two right now is is pretty good for the Cubs. Hopefully they can get it together. Um, so yeah, so far as far as like I said, COVID with that, the the Marlins is coming out of it. Cardinals should be coming out of it, and there haven't really been any other uh, major stories in terms of that. So uh, real nice to see, and uh, hopefully it continues that way. Um, otherwise, like I said, teams m- might have to go and follow the NBA or the NHL because uh, the NBA still, as of July 29th, zero positive tests out of the 340-some players that they have in the bubble. So the bubble is working. I mean, it, there's no other way to put it. It is working, and I've watched a, I've watched some of it, and you're seeing some really good basketball right now. They got until uh, August 14th is when they will wrap up this mini little – pre-playoff season that they're doing to basically all they're doing is determining the the final I think two seeds in the west and then the final seed in the east and then they'll start the 
playoffs with the teams that remain. Um, but yeah, everything looks great in the NBA. Um, NHL, same way. They've got they don't have a bubble. They have with hub cities, and with with the teams that are in the playoffs, basically they have a group of teams and they all play in the same place and they're doing these playoff series right now. And then once they come out with whoever's left in the the one hub city, they'll meet up in another one until there's a Stanley Cup champion. So that's how the NHL is doing it, and and. I guess if there's a model for, for the NFL or in MLB to follow again, MLB though, it's so hard because they play so many games in such a short amount of time Right. with the NFL in a pinch, you could do what the NHL is doing. You could pick a city with the stadium and take, uh, like maybe two divisions, mm-hmm. uh, an AFC and an NFC division. And, and you could knock out a lot of games. Granted, it wouldn't be, Sundays, you would yeah. have to space them out to where okay, you could three have three games Friday, three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Yeah. yeah, you could. It could be done. Could it be done right now? No, I think if there's a major problem, they're probably gonna have to pause things for a month or whatever, and and go from there. But I could see them working something like that out to where it would be a, a viable solution. I, I don't think that's what anybody wants, including the players. But you know, if they want that that juicy TV money, that's that's a way they could do it. They, it could be figured out. So we'll see how it goes. A um, lot of big name or big names, big news in college football. Um, again, last time we talked, we had a little bit of information that was coming out. Um, we basically said we hadn't heard anything from the SEC and the Big 12, or, but now that's all coming out. Um, everybody is pretty much on the same page as far as conference only or one non-conference game. Um, Most of them are going with either a nine or a 10 game conference schedule. And uh, in fact, the big 10, I think you told me their schedule came out today. Yes, it did. Um, Basically big 10 season will open on September 3rd and they're, doing the division still and i think the first week and the last week are cross division matchups and looking the goal is for the regular season to end november 21st with the title game being played on december 5th but they sounds like they're pretty smart because they have several open weeks and bye weeks like throughout the schedule so that if they have to move games they can so that if the Big Ten title game has to get pushed back, it can get pushed back all the way to December 19th. So so that, now when you say they have oh, – so all of the teams would be off on those bye weeks or – Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Think, yeah, they have, that's, I, I yeah, think that's like different. it's like three bye weeks where everyone's just off. That way they can – and they're all sort of in the middle of the season. So like if something happens early, push it back. Which and, typically college – Colleges do usually have at least two bye weeks throughout yeah, the like season. Yeah, like they play 12 I mean, regular season games, and I think it's like two or th- I think is it two or three I, I want to say at most most schools will have at least two Yeah, somewhere in there. Like uh, some teams will play one of those early season games, and then you won't see them again for three weeks. Like yeah. I know like Florida used to be notorious for that. They would open with, you know, like – 
Florida Atlantic, which sucks, yeah. but they'd beat the shit out of them, and then you wouldn't see them again for two weeks. But they they stretch it out so that they they're playing, you know, basically up until the end. Um, but and I was watching, uh, in fact, it was Golik and Wingo that was talking about it, and I we kind of touched on it when we first started talking about college football, but just the rivalry games that are are just gone this year. Yeah, you know, Florida, Florida State first time that they won't play each other in like 60 some years or something like that. Um, Notre Dame, USC, um, Notre Dame, Michigan state or Miami. Well, I guess Miami and Notre Dame could play because they're both ACC. Uh, but just a lot of those cross conference rivals that, that you're not going to see this season. And it's going to be kind of weird, but Speaking of interconference rivals, yeah, I, I think you had something to say about one yeah, of those. Yeah, that's of course when the Big Ten schedule was released. I immediately checked out what my Michigan Wolverine schedule is going to look like, and something's a bit weird being a Michigan fan, which is that the game or the schedule does not end with Ohio State, and that's like in the middle of the schedule, which is weird. But hey. We got a schedule. We're playing a season. That's nice. I mean, it's yeah. going to be a bit weird to not have the game two days after Thanksgiving, you know, because for me, that's the yearly tradition. Be thankful on Thursday and contemplate suicide on Saturday. <laughs> but, I mean, not not to, you know, pour salt on the wound or anything, but typically that's the game that, that – definitely ends your championship hopes yes it does and, yeah. and that's like you said that's black friday for a whole different reason but now your season is going to be over in the middle of october <laughs> fuck off i mean hey it's yeah it's true i, I guess you could make I plans can't say for in other return things either since your fucking florida gators beat my yes they Wolverines did the, was it cut bowl I don't remember. Yeah, I stopped watching like midway through the first quarter. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is ugly. Yeah, and Florida, they might have a pretty good team this year. Yeah. They, they looked really strong at the end of last year. I know they got a lot of players coming back. And, and we'll probably do uh, a big bit on the college preview as well. Um, he, you're a lot more into college football than I am. I follow it, um, but you probably watch more than I do. Yeah, I'd say uh, definitely. I mean, if I can, if I'm like off on a Saturday, which unfortunately with my job hasn't really been the case, but if I'm off on a Saturday, I will sit and watch college football all day, just like you would for NFL football. Yeah. And I'll watch, you know, the big games and stuff like that. Or if it's somebody I'm interested in, mainly Florida or, um, look, Illinois is a fucking joke. I'm an Illinois fan. I am, but yeah, their their football program is just horrible. They've got yet another shitty coach. And if you're a Bears fan, you know exactly who I'm talking about because, look, he's not a good coach. They brought him in there. He's a big name, and, and yeah, maybe he can get the recruits, but I don't care what recruits you get. If you, if you can't put together a solid game plan, you're going to suck, and that's what we've seen. Uh, people hang their hats on. Oh well, they made a bowl game. <laughs> Big fucking deal. Yeah, you were six and what, was it seven and six or something like that. And the only conference games they won were against the the literally the 
bottom feeders, yeah. Your yeah, Purdue's, and, and your... they struggled in those, even those wins. Like, who was it? Was it Rutgers that was just horrible? Yeah. And they barely beat Rutgers, or they might even lost to Rutgers last year. I don't remember, but they probably lose to Rutgers right now, and Rutgers is all quarantined because they went to a party and, like, 15 of them got COVID. That's how bad Illinois football sucks. Their basketball team's probably going to be pretty good this year, though, because I, I noticed a few guys or I think two, their big superstar decided two of to come them, back. Yeah. Two of their top players decided to opt out of the NBA draft and come back and play for college ball. So Illinois basketball might be something to to speak of this year because they made a fair amount of noise last year. Kind of fell off towards the end. But yeah, they Illinois could have a very strong basketball team this year. Speaking of Illinois basketball, um, Lou Henson. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, legendary coach for both New Mexico State and Illinois took both teams to the Final Four. He passed away. Uh, I want to say right around a week ago. Um, he was uh, his best team was probably in 1989, the good old Flying Illini. Uh, that was with like Kendall Gill and Kenny Battle and Nick Anderson um, before your time. But, I, was, I have no clue what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right they now. were really, really good uh, basketball team that year. Probably should have won the the national championship. They beat Michigan twice in the regular season and then lost to him in the Final Four, and that just good. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't even watch college basketball. Not really. So. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's where we're at, like college football. Um, what else? Oh, we have, you know, and this is probably going to turn out to be a pretty big story. Uh, first, it was the Pac-12 came out with their big unity thing where they want um, – it, it's kind of – It's the players specifically. Yeah, it's yeah. the players. They come out, and the main issue that they brought up was – the the COVID stuff, health concerns and whatnot. And I mean, they went at, they expanded it now to also cover uh, all this, the, the racial divide and the treatment of players. And uh, the big 10 has now um, got involved with that and they made a bunch of demands. And, and basically they're saying that we want, we want medical care for after we're out of college. And I, Look, I can't say that I blame them on that because, you know, these players put their bodies through that for four or five years, and not all of them, very, very few of them, in fact, go on to the NFL and can right. get into the NFL's, you know, pension program. But there are players that play a college ball for, for four or five, sometimes even six years, and then they have to try and make a regular living. And let's just say you had – a lingering issue, whether it be, you know, a concussions or back problems, knee problems, neck problems. And you're just stuck with that. Yeah. So they're kind of pushing for that. And I, this is not going away anytime soon. And I think other schools and conferences are, are going to join up. And I think we're, we're getting ready to see major change across the, 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 the whole scope of college sports, not just football. You know, they're going to have to start doing things to take care of these players because, let's be honest, those players make those schools a shitload of money. Yeah. You know, and... I think I heard something that the uh, the March Madness tournament by itself, just the tournament, not even the regular season for basketball, gives the NCAA a billion dollars every year. 
Yeah, I, TV I, money, which totally makes sense. Yeah, but. and then you know, like I said, they want these things for the Big Ten. We're talking about COVID, and they want to make sure that they're tested enough adequately by the proper people. Third and, party. Yeah, make sure that there aren't people within the schools that are pressuring. You know, because let's be honest, some of these colleges are not exactly the most honest. Yeah, right. You know, and, and we've seen players kind of coerced into playing on injuries and things of that nature. And I think these players are kind of calling them out without really saying it. Yeah. You know, it's almost like it's a like a varsity blues situation where, you know, these players are, hey, you just keep that under wraps. Well, you know, we need to get you on the field. And I think they're just they're not going to have it anymore. And especially with all this stuff that's gone on this year. Um, with the racial issues and everything, it, they figured now is the time for a change. And I don't really blame them. I mean, it, it like I said, the amount of money that come into those schools because of them, the players themselves, it, they should be taken care of, whether it be through COVID or uh, injuries, even not related to the pandemic. It's, something's got to change. And, and Iowa is a, a big example. There have been... Um, there's been a long investigation with how black players are treated at Iowa and uh, Kirk Ferentz so far has kind of gotten out of it unscathed. I'm really not sure how. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's the head coach that seems kind of, and, and he says that, you know, he's things are going to change and, and we'll see, but that's, it was really eye opening to see some of the things that have gone on over the years at Iowa. And if it's going on at Iowa, it's going on all over the country. I mean, you know, there's just no other way around it. So uh, we'll see how they handle that because at this point, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are saying, "Do this, or we're not playing." Right. You know, and, and right now we've only we've had a few of the players since the first one we reported um, opt out, and now you literally got entire conferences saying, "If you don't comply to what we want, we won't play." So. Be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, I mean, if you're the NCAA, just do it. Just give them what they want. I mean, they've helped. It's helped a little bit in the fact that now they've they've ruled that players can make money on their own lice likenesses and whatnot. Right. That's that's huge. That's going to help a lot. But you don't want to be in a situation where someone. I think it was in the documentary Schooled. I don't know if you ever saw that about pair play and college football and all no. that kind of stuff and how they're basically fucked over. Um, they asked someone, I don't know who it was. Well, how can the players change it? And the analyst said, very simple. When the March madness tournament starts, refuse to leave the locker room. I, what's, I guarantee you're going to get everything you want. You have, well, yeah, I mean, a <laughs> billion dollars at risk. It's like, they're going to listen. I guarantee it. So you want to avoid that situation. Then you definitely want to, Give them a little bit more and more. It's like you had 80 years, almost 100 years of a pure monopoly where you just got whatever you wanted. Times are changing. Kind of accept it and move on. So, Yeah, no, and you're right. I mean, they really – they hold more power than I think they know that they hold. Exactly. You yeah. know, and eventually it's going to come to a situation like we're seeing, and, and I think this is just the beginning um, because right now we've got – the, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are big conferences, but let's wait and see what the SEC yeah. 
Because th- let's be honest, when it comes to college football, the SEC rules the world. Yes. You know, definitely. the a- ACC is strong. You know, I don't want to take anything away from... ACC's not that strong. <laughs> well, I mean, they've been stronger as of late with, of with Clemson. And, and Florida State's always, not so much lately, but for a long time, Florida yeah. State was always in the conversation. Same thing with Miami. Um, Boston College has its up years, down years. Uh, but this year, they got Notre Dame. Mm, that big helps, deal. Yeah. But, I mean... By and large, when it comes to college football, it's the SEC. Whether it's Alabama or LSU, occasionally Florida, that's where you know they hold more power, I think, as far as college football goes than any other conference. I don't think anybody can argue that fact. So, all right. Well, I think that has uh, pretty much... Oh, one more thing that I wanted to talk about sports-wise before we take a break, and I don't know how I've missed this, over the last couple of weeks, Mike Tyson. Yeah. It's been rumored, speculated, all these little short video snippets have been showing up where he's shadow boxing and, and hitting the mitts and everything looking pretty damn good. Terrifying for a 54 year old man. Yeah. It's official now. Well, it was official two weeks ago. We just <laughs> kept forgetting about it. Um, he's going to fight Roy Jones jr. In, I think, the second week of September, second or third week of September, it's somewhere in California. It's going to be an eight-round exhibition. And I, I'll i be honest, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I, I want to see it. Um, I would have liked to have seen it 20 years ago. Well, sure. But... You know, cause, and that was a fight that they were, it was often rumored. There was never that I any major traction towards it. Um. At the time, I think Roy Jones Jr. was was a little undersized. He was fighting mostly in, I think, either light heavy or even middleweight. Mm. Um, but I think he's around the 200-pound mark now. Um, he's fought recently. I think the, his last fight was just a couple of years ago. It's pretty brutal. He got knocked out and fell out of the ring. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, his last couple fights, he hasn't looked good. Um, and I don't think that's going to change. I He's think 50, so, yeah, yeah, 50 or 51. Like I said, Tyson's 54 and looks in phenomenal shape. I mean, if you just through the years, I mean, yeah, Tyson really, his last couple fights, which have been quite a while ago, he did not look good at all. Um, and you could just kind of tell, I don't think he, he wasn't in a good mental spot. For yeah, a while. no. And then, you know, he he got to a point where he wasn't in the best of shape. I mean, you look at him in the like the hangover movies. Yeah, he could probably still knock the dog shit out of well, us. Yeah. But he kind of had a little bit of the pot belly going and everything. Right. And just, you know, I never would have thought that he'd be fighting again. And then he's really kind of turned his life around. He's a actually he's a weed farmer now. Right. Um, and he still has his birds, pigeons. He raises uh, homing pigeons or mm-hmm. whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. One man show on Broadway. and yeah. yeah. But I mean, he just looks like he's in phenomenal shape. And they're calling it an exhibition. And it is. But mark my words. If Mike Tyson comes out in that fight and looks anything like the Mike Tyson of the 80s. Yeah. There is going... It, they're going to try and throw him into a title fight. With Tyson Fury or... Yeah, yeah they're they're going to want to cash in Steal quickly. a pay-per-view. Yes. Sure. I, I, and he even... Somebody asked him about Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. 
honestly, I'm surprised Conor McGregor hasn't responded because Mike Tyson's like, I'll beat Conor McGregor's ass. No. And and he will. I just, I don't think Conor, speed-wise, he probably couldn't, you know, Conor could definitely outquick him. But right. if, if Tyson catches him with one of those hooks, he'll knock Conor McGregor out of the ring. Yeah. The, the, his only hope would be to to avoid him and, and just wear him out. But I don't think Roy Jones Jr. has much of a chance because, like I said, we saw what happened the last time Roy Jr.'s Roy Jones Jr. got in the ring. He, he was quickly helped out of the ring uh, yeah. with a fist. And I just think that even at 54, I think Tyson's power, especially on the those short uppercuts and hooks, if he catches Jones, it's over. He's just it's going to be night night. And if he does it early and in spectacular fashion, mark my words, somebody is going to try and put him into a big name fight for big dollars pay per view. I don't necessarily know if it'll be a title fight. It'll it'll probably be like the movie Rocky Balboa. He'll fight a big name, and it'll be an exhibition that uh oh, doesn't count. But yeah, let's. I mean, but a hard to say again, but just. Without a doubt, I think they're going to try and, like you said, steal a pay-per-view, cash that one more big check for him. He's probably going to get a, a considerable amount of money, money for this one because I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, yeah. I'm not necessarily going <clears> to <throat> pay for it, but <laughs> thank you, streaming and Android boxes and things of that nature. <laughs> I didn't just say that. Nah. No. no. So, But anyway, yeah, I'm, really, I'm excited for that. Um, like I said, that's coming up here in – basically a month and a half, I think. So, all right. Well, like I said, I think that now we'll wrap up what we got for sports. Tried to get you all caught up being how we've been gone for over a week. I'm going to take a quick break, come back. We uh, got a little bit of video game news and snippets. We're going to talk about, and I think I'm going to throw in a strip club story. So stick around. We will be right back. Stick around. Hanging with D's will be right back after they drain the main vein. Now might be a good time to do that thing you've been putting off while listening to this godforsaken show. And now it's time for true stories of a strip club DJ. With chicks and guns and fire trucks and hookers and drugs and booze. Yeah, yeah. Ah! All the things that make life worth living for. Ah! All right, and we're back. So, uh, yeah, you heard the lady. Time now for True Stories of a Strip Club DJ. Seems to be that uh, this segment seems to push our ratings just a, a little higher. So I figured I better go ahead and include one. And uh, this is one I, I'm I know I told you this story before because it's too epic to, to not have shared it. Okay. Um, bachelor parties. Yes. Okay. Uh, if you've ever been to a strip club... On a Saturday night, especially in the the summer months when you know the wedding season is in full effect, surely you've seen a bachelor party. In fact, I know you have because we've been at them together, um, haven't we? No, I thought no, never been to a bachelor party in my life. But go ahead, you haven't? No. What the? F- wow. I. Sorry. You got to get out more. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> You know what happens at bachelor parties at strip clubs, right? Yeah. Typically. Uh, so a group of guys, they'll pool their money together and, and get the sorry son of a bitch on stage. And a couple girls will come up and, yeah, put on a little show. Um, so, yeah, this was at the first club I worked at. 
And again, it was, like I said, almost every Saturday. Uh, Luckily for me, I didn't work Saturday nights. I was always the Saturday uh, day shift guy with the exception of a couple um, here and there. This particular one, I honestly don't trying to think. I think it was one of those where they were, they were having it early or maybe I was just working late, but I was there. Usually I wasn't there for bachelor parties, but I've seen a lot of them. And the guys, typically the, your buddies, your friends, when they get you up on stage, they just, they want girls that are just going to be as mean as as possible. Or ugly, I would imagine. Um, no, I mean, I'm sure that it happens, you know, the Mm. guys think it's going to be funny to, to pick like the two C squad members to get up there. And, and, but no, typically they, you know, they want somebody super hot and, but they also want them to, you know, kind of rough him up a little bit. Like, very few times have I witnessed a bachelor party where the guy left with his underwear intact. Mm. That seems to be the go-to move for the girls is to rip the shit out of whatever underwear he's wearing. And I, if he's wearing it, which I've seen that too. And Ew. yeah, that usually doesn't turn out very well. But anyway, on this particular night, um, we had one of our star attractions there who was... Um, very popular in the area and um, very, very attractive, but also known to be a bit on the the rough side when it came to bachelor parties. Like, you know, she was one of those that would, wanted to play dominatrix a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> I, honestly, I, I can't even remember who the second girl was because of what the girl that I'm talking about did. And so it was a group of, I want to say five or six guys. They got their buddy up there and they got this girl. And so they're doing their thing and they rip his shirt off and and they get the Sharpie out and start writing all over him. And you could just tell that for one, I mean, the guy was drunk, which I mean, shocking. I know breaking news. Um, But you could just tell he was just a douche. You know, just cocky and arrogant, like mm. he was above all this, and and even his group of friends, like you could just, they were the guys that you know were probably either going to start a fight or get into a fight before the night was over, wherever they ended up. And his night came to an abrupt end because he was such a douche. So they're doing the whole thing, and the girls do the teeter-totter. Do you know what the teeter-totter mm-hmm. is? Teeter-totter is okay. So they get the guy, and typically the bouncer will be right there, and they get a chair, and they'll put the chair up against the pole. And then the girls will get on top of his shoulders, one girl crotch-facing his face, one girl crotch-facing the back of his head, and they will kind of intertwine legs and just rock up and down back like they're riding a teeter-totter, oh, okay. and he's the teeter-totter. So, yeah. Okay. They'll do that, and then the girl will, like, climb the pole, and one, two, three, and then she drops down on his crotch and crushes what little nuts he has left before he gets married, and his wife puts him in her purse or on the mantle. I'll save that for a, for another show. But anyway, so they do all that, and... 
if he's wearing a belt, even if he's not wearing a belt, the girls will come up with one. In fact, on on it wasn't actually this night, but as a DJ, I've been there and had to give up my belt because n- no other guys around either had one or wanted to give it up. But anyway, she gets the belt and the girls will play spank, you know, nothing major. They'll I've seen some girls that are are just playful with it and just light little taps on the butt and not this girl. Mm. I mean, she it, you give her a belt, you're going to know that she had a belt cuz yeah. So she was spanking him pretty hard and and that didn't really please him all that well and you could you could tell he was getting angry about it. But it's a strip club, man. Lighten up. Yeah. And so then she gets him down on his hands and knees and puts the belt around his neck like a leash. Okay. And, and, you know, and I literally almost every bachelor party I've ever been to, I've seen this happen. They'll walk him up and down the stage like he's a dog or whatever. Okay. And... (laughs) Cool if you're into that sort of thing. I well, guess. yeah, it, it's like they just want to degrade him, and usually the buddies are they're right for it. They want to see him just treated like a piece of trash, right. and, and they were they were they were cheering, and everybody was having a good time, and she was riding him like a horse, whatever, down the stage at this club. We had a long, narrow stage, um, and so she rode him down, and the whole time she's swatting him on the ass not really hard but just kind of riding him rides him down he turns around and first off can i just say my knees hurt just thinking about that maybe yeah because of what i do for a living or whatever but yeah that you might want to clarify what you do for a living (laughs) i mean i do flooring there we go yeah it's not out there i'm on my knees uh quite a bit but anyway yeah crawling across that hard hardwood uh stage does not seem appealing to me Thankfully, never happened to me when when I got married. But anyway, so she, like I said, rides him down one way, rides him back, and then she grabs the belt, i.e. leash, Mm -hmm. and she's trying to lead him back over to the chair. And again, douchiness comes out, and he's kind of struggling, like he's, you know, big tough guy. And she gets him to the chair, and she's like, okay, sit down. And he's he's like, no. She's like, you you need to sit in sit back down in the chair. And I could kind of see that the the bouncer was he didn't walk over there, but he was ready Thinking to walk about over, there. over there. Yeah. And she's like, look, either get in the chair or I'll put you in the chair. And well, you'll have to put me there. And before I go on, let me just say that this girl is not big by any means. Very, she's very in shape, but even with the uh, very large uh, cannons she had on her, I would say she might have been a buck twenty, maybe buck thirty. Wait, is I'm not gonna say names, but tattoos. Yep. Okay. Yes. I know you're talking about. Yes, now. Okay. that's the one. That is the one. So anyway, yeah, she says, or he says, uh, you're gonna have to put me up there. So she did. She grabs this belt, the end of the belt, and just jerks him up to the chair in one like I would kind of quick motion. I mean, the guy was probably 
oh, I don't know, maybe 175, 180 pounds. Not a big guy by any means, but also not, you know, a, a toothpick or anything. But yeah, she just wrenches up on him, picks him up, and slap, you know, slaps his ass down in the chair. And in the time it took her to pick him up by the belt, which was not like fastened into one of the belt loops or anything. So it basically turned into something else. And that would be basically a noose mm-hmm. because when you pull on a belt, yeah, it's going to tighten up. Right. So by the time she, his ass hits the chair and she lets go of the belt. And then the next thing you hear is thud. Dude was out <laughs> cold. Oh, so the thud you heard was his face hitting the floor because she choked his ass unconscious <laughs> and he just face plants on the stage. Pretty sure he broke his nose because, I mean, it was bleeding. They had to, like, slap him awake and everything. And and she just stood there like, what? You know, like shrugging her shoulders like, I told him to get in the chair. And... It, his buddies were just there, like, and all of us too. And I, I was just staring in shock. Like, did that just fucking happen? <laughs> Choked his ass out to where his buddies basically had to slap him awake, and they had to, ended up like carrying him out, blood and all, from his probable broken nose, all because he wanted to be a douchebag. All he had to do was get up, sit in the goddamn chair. Instead, he ended up getting choked out by a hundred twenty pound stripper. <laughs> Happy bachelor party, guy. Yeah. So I, I just, and and then on top of all that, so he had the busted nose and Sharpie written all over him. I, I really, I just wish I would hear the story that he had to tell his his fiance. Yeah. You know, what the hell happened? Why his nose was broke? Cause I think it was broke because it, I mean, for one, it was busted open and he had blood just all over his face, down his jeans and everything. And, uh, yeah, in all the years that I was in strip clubs, either working or just there, I've never seen anything quite like that. I mean, I've seen guys get the shit beat out of them, things of that nature. We even had a guy that, that tried to sue that same club because a girl, she's, they Whoa, claimed. Do you want to keep the story for later? No, or? it's not really a, a major story. Oh, okay. ba- basically, same scenario. It was a bachelor party, and... The girl beat his ass with the belt to the point where he had whelps on him, so he sued. And it I'm it pretty much got laughed out. Okay. I mean the only thing that changed was at from that point on in that club, girls weren't supposed to to use belts anymore. Okay. Spoiler alert, they still did. I'm sure. They, they just especially that one particular girl or because uh, I've seen it happen. Right. Um, but yeah. So uh, I was laughing so hard I was literally had tears streaming down my face because it couldn't happen to a bigger asshole. He's right. just that guy that you just wished. <laughs> I hate to say this. It makes me sound like a bad person, but you just wish something bad would happen to him on this night. And we were not disappointed because not only did he get, you know, had to take a nap during his bachelor party, but he busted his face open all just for being a prick. Yeah, and he's going to have to explain that to his yeah. fiance. Like yeah, standing said, up there and... on the altar with, with a busted nose. Yeah. And speaking of which, it, I, I will eventually tell this story too. It, it, it happened 
before I actually worked in the strip club and it, it didn't even take place at the strip club, but I have another story that same kind of scenario, a bachelor party went way, way wrong that, I mean, and I know I've told you this one before this was back in my Ron's days. Oh, okay. You know, the, yeah, uh, that was, that was one I'll never forget. And I still, every now and then will run into a person that was involved in that. But so anyway, yeah, that was uh, the good old bachelor party choke out. And uh, if nothing else, that guy's got a well, of course, he can't probably can't tell the story because he probably doesn't remember the story. Right. But his buddy's got a story to tell for the rest of their lives. (laughs) So. All right. Well, that has been true stories of strip club DJ. And I think that is going to wrap it up for this episode. We're going to go ahead and uh, sign off for this one. But we have more content. So I'm going to go ahead and basically put this one in the locker and fire it up. And, and we're going to do a, another show right away here um, that will all probably drop either Friday or Saturday. And in that one, we've got a little bit of video game news. And then we're going to talk sports movies. Um, wanted to save this one for when Hunter was around because that's the, the one category of movies he likes. But he ain't here and we fuck are. It. So fuck it. He can give his list on another day. Yeah. We're going to do that. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We will see you in episode 11. Dylan. See you guys. Later.